0: So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cachot, with Adam Goslin.
1: Well, welcome in for another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cusho alongside the one and only Adam Goslin here with all of your compliance knowledge. Adam, how the heck are you today? I'm
0: doing fantastic.
1: Good to hear. Good to hear. I'm excited about this episode. Actually, not because this is something that I thought we were going to talk about, but just because this is kind of one of those bi-popular demand topics that we're covering today and just looking at the overall uh kind of interest i would say in the content that uh we're putting out at tct we've noticed that there's a substantial a bit of interest in the world of firewalls adam what the heck is a firewall and what, what why do people care
0: well, you know, I wanted to start with just kind of waving a flag for you know for if you're listening to this you know to this podcast and you're on the you're more on the business side. Um, you're not one of the not one of the gearheads. Um, seriously, do yourself a favor and forward this podcast over to the over to the, to your favorite gearhead uh, and have them listen through it because it, honestly, there's going to be a ton of valuable information uh, in this particular episode. So that said as I look at a, a firewall effectively at a high level it's the it's the traffic cop it's it's making um you know it's configured to make decisions about you know what data and what information is allowed you know into the environment can leave the environment where can it go you know from a you know from a high level perspective that's a that's a good starting point
1: Yeah that's fair enough um I mean <sighs> It basically, I have to ask, for as many years as you've been in the information security space, you have any good stories, any war stories about firewalls and you know, firewalls gone wrong and why this really matters so much?
0: Yeah, actually the, well the best the best story that I've got is um, is that, and this actually happened before, like right. Right as I was starting to get into the security and compliance space uh, and I had an opportunity to, uh, you know, one of the folks on my team said, hey, you know, Adam, you need to come in here and take a look at this. And so I go into the server room and we're literally sta- standing there staring at a console and um and it was it was uh, it, it was a, a interface that was showing uh, literally an attack in progress. There we were standing at the console and watching these attackers <laughs> in progress in like in, like active live <laughs> in progress. Um, we were actually watching these uh, these uh, hackers uh, running scripts, uh, you know, kind of against the environment. And what ended up happening was as we started to, you know, number one, we see this and we're like, oh, it's not us, not us, not us. Okay. We ended up just pulling the plug on the, you know, on the machine mm-hmm. um, and started to, you know, started to do the digging and the analysis and things along those lines. Well, Quite frankly, the only thing, like literally the only thing that saved this particular company from just having its butt handed to them, was that um, was that they uh, the attacker's script blew up and failed right in the middle of run. And um, and that was the only thing that, you know, that, that happened to, you know, happened to save us from, you know, from things going horrifyingly wrong. And we started to do an investigation into, okay, so what happened? You know, we started looking at logs and trying to piece this all together. And as we're staring at these logs, it, we kind of could start tracing it back. And it was fascinating. Um, the, 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 the company, you know, the, the, the first, the kind of the first attacker, you know, hit the, happened to hit the IP address of the, of the firewall. And, um, and basically it was like a, are you alive test? Right. right. And so we see the, are you alive test comes in. Yes, I'm alive. And then all of a sudden that IP would go away. Let's say that that IP came out of like, you know, whatever, uh, Ukraine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the Ukrainian IP goes away. About 30 seconds later... Then, then there came in four different IP addresses from all over the globe. So there was, there was one in France. There was one in South America. There's another one in Russia, you know, and another one in Africa come in. And th- they're all now saying, okay, I've got a live box. Now I'm going to see what type of a device this is that I found. And so they were, you know, they were doing one was checking to see if it was a, you know, if it was a website or another one was seeing if it was a file server, etc. Those four did their initial sniff test round, they go dark, then 30 seconds later another round of probably 12 different IPS from all over the globe come in now that they've gotten the answers or the responses from what types of type of a box or what type of accessibility they've got those ones come in doing more directed tests against you know against that particular IP and you could just see this stuff coming through in waves and that was all kind of the precursor that we could see through the you know through the logging um, you know it, which led to them finding a hole in the firewall well, being able to get through to a box and start actually running attacks on the device itself, it was it, it was it was absolutely eye opening. Um, you know, g- going in and seeing what all had gone on with this, how automated it was, how um, how advanced they were, and, and keep in mind, Todd, this wasn't this wasn't like last year, right? This was this is like fifteen years ago. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, how much better are they now, right? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's absolutely nuts. Exponentially, I would imagine. It's,
1: that is crazy stuff. Well, let me ask you, what's wrong with companies thinking that they're, like, too small? I mean, I know that, that we have uh, a, a lot of uh, folks that listen to the show that are, you know, kind of that small to mid-market business. And they're not necessarily concerned about, like, why would anybody want to hack me? What do you yeah. say to those folks?
0: well it and, and the way that I relate it to to people is this is that you know you remember you remember when, you remember a long long, long time ago in a land far, far away, uh, when you know you'd have like your you'd have your unlisted number, right? Mm. you used to had to pay to get your number <laughs> unlisted, and then of course when when the phone rings and it's some sales guy or sales girl. You know, they that is basically just randomly dialing numbers. So you know, they dial the area code one 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 one, and then they try one 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 two, sure three four, and and so they find the number that's unlisted. And everybody's like, "Oh my god, this is horrifying! We pay for our number to be unlisted. How did they ever find us?" You know, and and it's just the you know the the robocall. You know, rando dialers just trying number after number after number. Well, in the in the technology world, every, you know, every machine that sits out on the Internet has effectively a phone number. Um, it's a ser- it's a four different digits separated by three dots. There's you know kind of three in each section. So mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll go to one dot one dot one dot one and run their test. And uh, one dot, one dot, one dot, two. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are the, the big multinational corporation or you're the, you know, the small, the mid-market player. It doesn't have anything to do with how large or how small you are when it comes to these folks, basically rando dialing servers. Sure, data data. Yeah, I mean, they're just looking for an open, open machine, and then we're going to see what all we can go do with it. So it it does not matter if you are uh, if you're large or small you are getting found and, and the interesting part is that if if somebody goes in and they you know they want to validate this right <laughs> just go in and look at your firewall uh, go look at the traffic that's hitting it and you're gonna see eh, I'd say on on average um, anywhere between at least five to ten different, sniff test random attacks daily uh you know against your against your firewall so this notion that well i'm too small and they won't care about me it's got nothing to do with it you know and it's really one of the big one of the big misnomers you know in the you know in the space especially for the for the smaller organizations No, oh, and that's great information to have and now this really comes on
1: to the question if you made it this far into the podcast I'm really appreciative of that fact that you still have this question, but I think we should come on to it now, Adam, because it makes a ton of sense. All this talk about firewalls, what the hell is a firewall? Why does it
0: matter? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, fair warning, we're going to gonna need to get into a little bit of technical depth here. So uh, so we're about to dial up the technology ratchet. Um, you know, the, the bottom line is, is that the firewall is controlling all of the flow that comes into and out of that environment. Um, It allows the ability to lock down Um, you know, lock down the traffic so I can lock it down to say there's only specific sources that can come in and hit and and hit this particular um, this particular machine within my environment. So as an example, you know, like a web server, you're probably going to leave that either, you know, open to the Internet. You know, any anybody can come in and hit it. Or if you want, if you because of your business, you can seclude that traffic to, you know, to North America or do it geographically, then you've got that ability to go lock that down the other part is is that you've got the ability to lock down the destinations for traffic and that's really an important an important element when it comes to firewalls is that you know a lot of folks will sit and spend a whole ton of time you know worrying about well who can get in and where can they come from and blah 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 blah. but then they miss the you know hey i I need to control that outbound flow why well if you're one of these poor companies like the (laughs) like like my first you know first kind of war story if you will if somebody breaches the outer defenses, happens to get onto the internal network, well, now we want to be able to, to to limit where all can they expunge data to. Um, it's an important aspect of that as well. Um, and then keeping in mind from a from a, from a firewall perspective. Any particular IP address or machine that you've got, um, there's really two main kind of channels of communication uh, for for each individual machine. Um, there's uh, both TCP. It's one's called TCP and one's called UDP. Okay. And on these two channels, you've got over sixty-five thousand different ports across each of those. So I've got over a hundred and thirty thousand potential ports that I can configure. Inbound or outbound for each individual machine that sits on the you know sits on the network. So you know at the at the end of the day, there's a there's a lot of ways to be able to lock these devices down to what's needed, um, but there's also a ton of ways that people can you know leave things more open than they you know than they should, and so you know kind of the risk the risk goes up if you will. Hmm. That makes sense.
1: Well, why what what should. Client, you know, what should people be doing about it?
0: Well, it, you know, at the root of it, there's a there's a premise in the security and compliance space of of locking things down to only that which is needed, um, and that'll really be you know really be the objective here is to is to accomplish that goal.
1: Excellent. I, I mean, and where should you really get started on this as you're looking to get it, to undertake it?
0: Yeah. Well, and it depends on the maturity of the, you know, of of the organization. I'm going to go under a guiding assumption that, you know, the the organization we're talking about either um, has never done this before or um, is wanting to just reassess kind of what they, you know, what they do. So what I'd recommend to folks is the very first thing is you need to document all of your existing firewalls uh, firewall rules. So uh, what I typically recommend is is go put those down into you know it's great that they sit on the firewall, but you really want to go ahead and extract them out of the firewall and put them into some consumable format. For a lot of organizations, is that you know that's maybe Excel or maybe they've got a tool for you know a secondary tool for managing their firewall rules and whatnot, but you know. Go ahead and get all of the firewall rules. When I say all the firewall rules, you want to make sure you're hitting all your firewalls when you're going through this process. So today's day and age, you know, you've got a you've got a corporate environment. I've got you know n number of you know, kind of uh, you know sales offices or you know maybe a develop yeah, maybe a location where my developers work out of and whatnot. So make sure that you're going in looking at each of those. Also going to you know if you've got third-party hosting maybe you've got a colo facility or you know or whatnot that you that you operate out of include that as well um, you know and then also look to any of the cloud services that you've got for any of your virtual environments then go ahead and look at those as well you want to make sure you at least have gathered up all of the you know individual rules across you know all of the firewalls that you've got so you really have this full picture of you know of what all what all exists out there the the next step that you want to do with each of those rules is go ahead and add a new column or you know um, you know have the ability to take notes or whatever and write up a write up business justifications for each rule now it sounds Dumb, but you know, the reality is, is that you, you, as you go through this process. It, it's it's actually it's actually going to be very enlightening for the company that hasn't done this before, because I, I can't tell you how many times you know we'll you know I'll be going out we're working with a client and, and we'll pull all the firewall rules and we're we're kind of going through them and whatnot we're sitting in a group and I'll say okay so w- why do we have this rule what's it doing you know and and everybody kind of looks right <laughs> nobody knows what it's being used for and you know and whatnot it happens more times than you can imagine. Um, So, you know, go through each individual rule. And this is kind of with a purpose, right? Write a comment beside each one. And here's the important element. Why does the rule exist? I don't want to know what it does. I want to know why is it there. And what I mean by that is in form of an example is, you know, I'll see a a firewall rule, which will have, you know, be basically allowing web traffic into the web server. And so, you know, the gut response from the, you know, from the folks in IT is, well, this allows web traffic in. Well, all right, that's great. But, you know, why? Why are we allowing the web traffic in? For what site or sites are we, you know, are, are we committing the traffic to come through there? What's the reason why we have to have it open to the outside world? And some of this may seem, apparent, but, you know, going through that exercise and breaking it down to the notion of the why of the rule, not what it does, forces thought into, you know, is this a real justifiable rule Do we really need to have it, et cetera. Evaluate each of those rules based on your justification. So now that I know why this rule should be there, now I can go in and look. Is this rule really you know as limited as it needs to be? You know, um, you know. So as an example, if we're allowing web traffic in for a particular vendor to be able to you know push data over the common web ports and you know over port four four three, should that be open to the entire universe or should, do I know the IP address of the vendor that I'm trying to facilitate? Well, great then let's go lock down that particular rule since we don't need for anything else to only allowing that traffic from that particular IP address because now I'm not opening that rule up to the entire world, I'm just opening up to what I need. Um, And then finally, updating the documentation. I mean, as you as you start iterating through these various firewall rules, you know, you're gonna go in, you're gonna be making updates and changes to the firewalls themselves. You're gonna be updating your, you know, kind of your documentation of those firewall rules rinsing repeating until you've kind of gotten through all the way down through those rules um, you know making sure that you're you're kind of keeping everything aligned um, and you know the the other caveat I'll throw in here um, is and this is an area where folks you know get get a little nervous right um, oh my god we're, you know, we're changing the firewall rules we gotta we got to be really super careful we're gonna break stuff etc yep you are absolutely spot on that you um, going in and tweaking your firewall rules will have a potential for um, you know blocking necessary traffic and whatnot so it's important to kind of do this on a sanity check kind of combined you know basis where you know i go in i evaluate the rules i'm you know kind of stage up all of my tweaks and whatnot make my tweaks and adjustments and then go back and do some type of you know kind of functional testing and make sure i didn't break anything as i you know kind of went went through that Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cusho. And I'm Adam Gosling. Hope we help to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.